Hi, this is Elizabeth Smith-McCrossan, here to provide you with my weekly constituency MLA update for Cumberland North. Today is Monday, September the 25th, and my mission as your member of the Legislative Assembly for Cumberland North is to represent you, the people of Cumberland North. I'm an independent MLA, meaning I work 100% for you, the people, based on the foundation of principles of democracy, based on freedom of speech, liberty, representing the voices of the people, building on a foundation of truth and justice, determination and dedication, honesty, and being a servant leader and working to empower all people. Together, you and I can build stronger communities, focusing on using the strength of our veterans and standing firm with the four pillars of one, excellence in healthcare, two, affordability, three, children and our education, who are our future, and four, economy and entrepreneurship. I also do a lot of work on maritime collaboration, trying to improve that, as well as protecting the Shignecto Isthmus and helping bring truth and justice to victims of sexual assault and intimate partner violence, family violence. These are the priorities that I focus on in line with my vision for a positive, vibrant communities here throughout Cumberland North. Last week in politics uh, was extremely busy. Looking back as I'm preparing my update, uh, it was a whirlwind. And one of the highlights of last week, and of course, very, very important issue to all of us here, is the issue of the Chignecto Isthmus. About two weeks ago, every MLA in Nova Scotia was sent an email letting us know that we could apply to be an intervener in the court case regarding the Chignecto Isthmus and whether or not the province, uh, the maritime provinces, should have to contribute money to help get the work done to protect the, the Isthmus. As MLA for Cumberland North, I felt it would be a great opportunity to ensure that the views of those of us living here on or near the Chignecto Isthmus were heard as evidence in the case. So last week I did attend court. Unfortunately, shortly after arriving in court, I was denied intervener status. The lawyer representing the Attorney General for Nova Scotia uh, did stand and ask the judge to deny my application. And unfortunately, the judge um, did comply with that. So. It is unfortunate, however, it was an opportunity for me to show uh, the importance of this issue, not only to, to you and I and all of us living here locally, but to everyone in the entire country of Canada. We have a national trade corridor here, and certainly the more that I'm learning about the flood risk uh, and increasing sea levels with the Bay of Funday, uh, it just emphasizes to me the, the reason why this issue uh, is not going away and need to continue to, uh, to work on it until the work is done on the dikes, which should have started uh, years ago. So I will continue to work on this issue. There's a couple of great articles by local uh, reporter Bruce Wark. So if you're looking to read a little bit more about that and some of the um, information shared, he was actually online as a journalist listening uh, when we were in court last week, feel free just to Google uh, Bruce Wark, W-A-R-K Times, and you'll be able to read some articles there. There was also a fairly good CBC article on the issue as well. 
Another big topic last week in the news that uh, I'm directly connected with is the non-disclosure agreements. And unfortunately, the Minister of Justice, uh, Minister Brad Johns, in being interviewed last Thursday by media, uh, let all, all of us know that the government has decided to not pass legislation banning the use of non-disclosure agreements or NDAs in the cases of sexual assault. So this is uh, very, very disappointing to hear the minister share that news last week. Uh, there's a lot of people up in arms. This is an issue that has been brought forward by um, many people, including the leader of the opposition for the NDP government, Claudia Chender. Her and her team brought forth a bill similar to legislation in Prince Edward Island um, that would ban the use of NDAs in the cases of sexual assault. This is something also that Carla McFarlane, who uh, is with government, she had told a group called Camp By My Silence that uh, the government would be passing legislation on this and that she would be advocating for this. So it, it was a big disappointment to hear Minister Brad Johns share this news last week. Of course, everyone's asking why. Why will they not pass legislation on this? And it's a, a topic that's very near and dear to me. It uh, brings out a lot of emotion uh, because, unfortunately, I have had, um, I know, many victims, unfortunately, of sexual assault. People that have come to me in my role as MLA, but also uh, women that I've come to know over the years as an employer and or as a nurse or both. And in, in many cases, uh, I just know of, of women that have been sexually assaulted and their perpetrator, uh, perpetrators were in positions of power, they had money, and they were able to afford to hire lawyers, uh, shame the victims into believing that no one is going to believe that this person would have ever done anything like that and it would be better off to take a settlement, take some money, sign an agreement uh, saying that you can legally not discuss this case with anyone and when, when you sign a document, an NDA stating that you, can, you cannot speak to anyone about this, like not even your mother uh, or father, you legally are bound to stay silent. And what this has done in many cases, uh, maybe not every case, but certainly in cases that I'm aware of, is perpetrators have gone on to continue assaulting more victims. Meanwhile, the victim that has signed this NDA is silenced. So we know that these NDAs used in cases of sexual assault are used to silence victims and empower perpetrators to continue on uh, causing harm. And, you know, in life, when you know better, you do better. And we know better now. We know that NDAs uh, have a place in the legal world. They have a place in business when there's proprietary information, knowledge that needs to be protected, like patented, patented uh, items. But in cases of sexual assault, NDAs should not be used. They should not be legal. And you know, now that we know the harm that they can 
uh, bring to people. We must do our job as uh, politicians, as legislators, and pass legislation uh, and making laws that will no longer permit this, this use of NDAs. So stay tuned. This topic is certainly not going anywhere, and I'm sure that it will be a big topic in the legislature this fall. Last week, I shared some very upsetting news to many people in the area that the two psychiatrists that were working or are continuing to work right now here in Cumberland, uh, Dr. Elizabeth Locke and Dr. Carrie McNeil, gave notice to the government a couple of weeks ago that they will be closing their psychiatry medical practices here in Cumberland County as of December the 7th. And we are thankful, I want to, to start off by saying we are very thankful to both of these psychiatrists for the work that they have done here in our area and we certainly wish them well in their future endeavors. Last week I did write to the Minister of Health, the minister also responsible for mental health and addictions. Uh, those two ministers would be Michelle Thompson and Brian Comer, as well as Barbara Adams, the minister responsible for adult protection. And I'm asking them what is their plan to provide psychiatric care and mental health care for the citizens of Cumberland County. So I look forward to getting a response from them because I think everyone here listening needs to know that there are going to be physicians recruited to replace these two psychiatrists. I also in my letter asked those government ministers to ensure that an exit interview is completed to find out why the psychiatrists are leaving and ensure that if there's any changes that need to happen that those changes are, take place uh, before we hire any new psychiatrists so that we can retain them and over the years you've heard me talk a lot about the lack of services for mental health care here in Cumberland County and unfortunately the there is a, a real deficit and what people are hearing when they try to get mental health services is it's just not available here. It was already very poor and, and challenging before the announcement of these two psychiatrists. And, and maybe they're leaving because there hasn't been enough support from Nova Scotia Health and Department of Health. And it's hard to say. I don't know the answers. But it is very concerning uh, we, we desperately need a mental health crisis team that's available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And I know that that's something the local team want as well, and I've been advocating for. And we need a drastic improvement in adult protection. It doesn't matter if it's my office or if it's law enforcement or if it's even a physician that calls adult protection. There's no response. There's uh, very, very little action, if any, from that department that adult protection is under. I know sometimes I find it very frustrating because if there's an animal that's hurting, you know, the SPCA can come in and, and take charge and make sure that animals can get into protective care. But when we have actual human beings living in very unsafe conditions because they cannot take care of themselves, whether it's mentally or physically or both, um, and you call adult protection, you cannot get help for these people. It's very, very frustrating and it's wrong. And it may take legislative changes in order to, to create changes in that department. And that's something that I'll be looking at for the fall session.
Going back to psychiatry, if you uh, are listening today and you are a patient of either uh, Dr. Locke or Dr. McNeil's, uh, certainly what the government is recommending is for all the family doctors that have patients within their care to contact their patients and ensure that new referrals are made for new psychiatrists, whether it's a psychiatrist in Moncton, Truro, or Halifax. And although that is not ideal because it will require some travel on, on the part of the patient, uh, certainly that is we need to make sure that that happens so that uh, care is not stopped. Now, if you're listening and you don't have a family doctor, which I know is the case for thousands of people in our area, uh, my recommendation is to try to, well, first of all, make sure you're registered on Need a Family Doctor Registry and then go on and try to use the virtual uh, health care. And it, again, is not ideal either, but you can go on there and get an appointment. You can only get appointments the same day. You have to go on first thing in the morning to get an appointment and keep trying if you have any difficulties. And if you need help with that, contact my office, and we will do uh, everything we can to help you with that. But you can go on there, let them know you don't have a family doctor, and that you require a new referral for a psychiatrist. And the physician through the virtual care should be able to provide that service for you. So on another topic, uh, affordability, I had a visit from some seniors last week who were upset that their rent increased. And these are seniors that are living on fixed income, so they have very low income, old age security and, and Canada pension. And they also receive a rent subsidy from the province of Nova Scotia. And it appears what's happening is that there was a small increase in monies given from the federal government but then the provincial government take a look at that small increase in revenue and then they're decreasing the rental subsidy so which means the seniors have to pay a larger amount of money every month in rent so it's literally on one hand the federal government is giving seniors a bit of extra money and then on the other hand the province is taking it away so I'm going to be making sure that the Department of Housing who would be responsible for this is aware that that's happening it's not right uh, seniors are many seniors are struggling right now to be able to afford to pay, to uh, put food on the table and many are very worried about how they're going to afford to heat their homes this winter. So that is something I'm really glad that the seniors came forward and uh, shared this concern with me. And I'll be addressing it with the minister responsible for housing this week. I want to say a, a shout out to the Sunset Residential Care Facility in Pugwash and how proud I am of their team, their board of directors, and the leadership from Julie Hoig. She's an amazing woman, and they've got a lot of great things being planned for the future, including a, a massive housing project. But just yesterday, my colleague uh, next door in Cumberland South, uh, Minister for Natural Resources and MLA for Cumberland South, Tory Rushton, he was in Pugwash yesterday announcing the government is giving over $100,000 in funding for some solar panels to help out. And so I just want to say thank you to uh, to Tory and his team for providing that as well. 
Also, last week I was very happy to stop by the Howard's Bridge there beside Wallace and beside 368 the Fountain Road. The new Howard Bridge is being assembled as we speak. I stopped by to say thank you to the team doing the work. Uh, they were a contract crew from mostly from Cape Breton. So it was great to see it and lo really look forward to seeing that bridge be finished and be available for, for everyone in the area. It is such a beautiful spot right over the Wallace River. And once again, thank you. I know that, that bridge was actually slated to be repaired last summer. And when they started doing the work, they realized that they needed to do uh, more road work uh, leading, leading to the bridge because this new bridge is uh, a very different size and uh, different construction. So anyways, we'll be very happy to see that completed. Last week, uh, there were several events that I had the honor of attending, and of course, the, the real significant one was on Saturday, the Afghanistan War Memorial unveiling, and it was a very powerful, emotional ceremony that was held here in downtown Amherst on Saturday. I want to say thank you to all of the Afghanistan veterans for their service and also to the families of the fallen that came and, and were there with us as a community on Saturday. Justin McKay is a veteran who served our country for many years. He lives here in the town of Amherst and this was his vision, this was his dream. I certainly want to thank Justin McKay for his commitment, his determination, his leadership and his team, those at the Amherst Legion Branch Number 10 as well. Thank them for making this happen here in our community. It's something to be proud of. There are not many Afghanistan war memorials in the country at all, and that's a shame, a real shame, but we have one right here in the town of Amherst. 158 soldiers plus others lost their lives in service to democracy and freedom. More than 40,000 served in the region, and we know that all began in late 2001 after the terrorist attacks with 9-11, when the Canadian Armed Forces joined allies in the Afghanistan war. And their goal was to bring peace and stability after these terrorist attacks, and for many years they were able to accomplish that. We know now, today, as we speak, there unfortunately is not democracy and peace in Afghanistan. There's a lot of hate. There's a lot of problems in that country. We watch women uh, be discriminated against, and it's, it's very upsetting. It makes me very angry to see women not only lose the ability to be, have an education, but even not even allowed to have a job or own a business. It's, it's, very, it's very upsetting to know that this is happening around the world. So we do hope and pray that now that they've had a taste of freedom, that they know what it can be like, that even though these days in Afghanistan are dark, that there will be an uprising and there will be leadership in the future that will restore freedoms and democracy for all people in Afghanistan and around the world, uh, for both women and for men as well. So let us thank all those that did sacrifice, gave the ultimate sacrifice in Afghanistan. And thank you to Justin McKay, and for all those that helped create this Afghanistan War Memorial here in the town of Amherst. On Saturday evening, I had been invited to attend a dinner in Halifax with Member of Parliament Leslyn Lewis and Member of Parliament Rick Perkins. It was wonderful to partake and to 
have a great conversation with them about democracy and freedoms as well. And last evening, I had the honour of attending the 40th anniversary celebration of the Pugwash Yacht Club. The event was held at the Lobster Factory beside the Pugwash, the Thinker's Lodge, and we celebrated together and shared stories from the last 40 years of the Pugwash Yacht Club. And I look forward to celebrating with that organization again in the future. They have very significant plans for growth, and I'm very confident that under the leadership of the current Commodore, that all of their goals and dreams will be achieved. This week in politics, we've got a busy week scheduled uh, preparing for the fall session of the legislature, which is scheduled to resume Thursday, October the 12th. I am excited to announce I recently hired Alex Wilson as my legislative assistant. Alex will be splitting his time between the Amherst and Pugwash offices as well as Halifax. Alex has just completed his political science degree from St. Mary's University, where he served also as chairman of the St. Mary's University Student Association in the last academic year. Alex uh, did grow up in Bridgewater, Nova Scotia. However, he has deep Cumberland County roots with his mother's family from Amherst and his his father's family from Spring Hill. And Alex spent many summers on the beach in Port Howe at his family cottage and is a big fan of the great golf in Cumberland North as he worked uh, for four summers in the golf shop at Fox Harbor Resort. And so I really look forward to having Alex here as part of my Cumberland team. Those of you that listen on a regular basis know my constituency assistant full-time is Dan Gould. And I also have the, the beautiful gift of having two other team members both women who have uh, worked very hard their whole lives and are technically retired, but I was able to convince them to join my team and work one or two days a week uh, part-time, and that is Gladys Kosh and Anne Ketty. I'm very grateful to have this incredible team, and together we work very hard to accomplish great things for you, the people of Cumberland North, and we're going to continue doing so. In addition to health care, we are working hard on ideas to make your life more affordable for you. We have come up with five very good, strong, concrete ideas that I will be bringing to the legislature this fall and encouraging the Premier and his team to adopt these, these five items to ensure that you can have more affordability moving forward here in the province of Nova Scotia. I would like to extend birthday greetings to anyone who is celebrating this week. Of course, anniversary greetings to anyone celebrating as well. Today, Monday, September the 25th, I'd like to wish a happy birthday to Jack Ketty as well as Karen LeBlanc. On Tuesday, September 26th, Deidre Devine and Corey Blankhorn. On Wednesday, September 27th, Jean Surrett and Kaylee Pipes Robinson, a happy birthday. Thursday, September 28th, Michael McKenzie and Don Simmons. Friday, the September 29th, Jeff Bacon and Joanne Hart. And Saturday, September the 30th, Kennedy Mills and Mark Buskey. Happy birthday to anyone else who may be celebrating as well. I would like to extend my sympathies to anyone who has lost a loved one recently, including the family and friends of George McDonald. George is a well-known lawyer here in Nova Scotia and lived most of his life in Halifax. However, The last few years he spent in the Wallace area, and he was certainly uh, full of energy and ideas, very smart gentleman, and I certainly extend my sympathies to his family and friends. And if anyone else has lost a loved one recently, 
please accept my condolences. I would like to say thank you to CFTA 107.9, to the team with Ron Bickle and James Hand, and everyone at CFTA for providing me with this opportunity to share with you my weekly constituency update for Cumberland North. Have a great week. Remember to take care of yourselves, body, mind, and spirit. Try to be physically active each and every day. Try to eat as nutritious and healthy of a diet as you possibly can because you are important. You are needed by your family, by your friends. Never, ever doubt that. Never, ever underestimate how special you are and how unique you are. And take care of yourselves. And always seek to find ways to be outward focused, serving others. It's in serving others that we find true joy and happiness. Have a great week, everyone.